You're listening to a podcast of Your Pet Matters with me, Dr. Michael Tequila, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on 1077thebronc.com. Your pet is an important part of your life, and Dr. T knows how to take care of your best friend. 107.7 The Bronx presents Your Pet Matters with Dr. Michael Tequila of the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blauenberg. Every Saturday morning, Dr. T offers intelligent and informative pet health care talk with just the right dose of bedside manner, exclusively for our furry friends. If you own a dog or cat and have a question about your pet's overall health, call Dr. T now at 877-900-1077. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by the pet wellness professionals of the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blauenberg. Small hospital, big medicine. For more information online, it's BarkMeowVets.com. That's BarkMeowVets.com. The doctor can see you now. Here's Dr. Michael Tequila and this week's edition of Your Pet Matters. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. I'm doing good. Good. I had a, did, so did, did Nicole tell you I had a great conversation with her? She said she had fun. Yeah, she <laughs> said it was really fun. And, you know, she's um, we've known each other since vet school. So, yeah, I'm like, I'm sure you did. <laughs> no, she, she mentioned that. She said you guys were like really close. And so, mm-hmm. like, yeah, good friends. So, yeah. A couple questions I have okay. is like your positions. <laughs> <laughs> All of them, yes. Yeah, so I didn't know. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So you, why don't you introduce yourself and your positions? So uh, my name is Dana Varble. I'm a veterinarian. Um, I graduated from the University of Illinois in 2003, and right now I work for North American Veterinary Community, or as most people know it, NAVC. Um, now associated with the VMX meeting in Jan. Well, now in January again. Um, and I have a couple of different roles um, at NABC. So that's where things get kind of crazy. So my initial job um, at NABC was I work for a group called Industry Services. And I'm an executive director for two groups, actually, right now. I work for the Association of Reptilian and Amphibian Veterinarians. And I work for the Pet Nutrition Alliance. And then I also am the senior director of hands-on workshops now as well. And so those are the literally what we used to call labs at VMX and at NAVC Institute. Um, and, and we've done some other hands-on stuff throughout the year. So I'm the one who's kind of overseeing the programs there and some of the veterinary aspects of that. So, um, so why, don't, why don't we start with um, – Okay. Why don't we start with your history? Okay. Uh, so, so I always loved finding out about my guests, and, and it, yeah. everyone's intrigued by a. How did you get involved in the profession? Okay. Yes. So, and so then, way back when. Okay. Way back yes. when. <laughs> and B, you you t- clearly take on numerous roles right now. So how does Dude, that? Kind of yeah. It's it's true. So actually, I am one of those kids who decided they wanted to be a veterinarian when they were like old enough to talk and somehow managed to actually make it all work out in the long, you know, and of course, you know, when you're younger, you take some detours into other things. There's that, you know, time you wanted to be a fighter pilot for like a year when Top Gun came out and, you know, fun stuff like that. Yeah. But um, I know it was always kind of what I wanted to do. And actually, I always wanted to be um, a reptile vet. Um, I don't know why. 
It was not my parents and it was definitely not my mom, but I always loved snakes and I loved turtles and I just loved all that kind of crazy stuff. So, um, sorry, my dog decided to pick up a squeaky toy no, at that that's moment. Awesome. That, that's what makes it like, no, let, let, let's backtrack, yeah. let's backtrack a yeah. little bit. So, so what do your parents do? So no one's in, no one in your family is veterinary medicine related or science related or what? No, science related, yes. Um, so actually, no, my great grandfather was a veterinarian, but I didn't know him. So um, he, he's been long, long gone, but he graduated from a school that no longer exists, Kansas City University or something crazy wow. in 1910. Um, so I actually have his diploma. My grandmother found it and gave it to me but um that was much later in the process yeah it was it's really cool it's like a a huge you know whatever 20 by 30 diploma it's this monstrosity but no my mother's uh, an operating room nurse so dinner conversations were always a little yes (laughs) interesting um and my my dad's actually done a lot of things too um but um, ultimately, he was a delivery, a truck driver for Edie's ice cream. So that's how his career ended. But he um, he kind of gave me this idea that you can do a lot of things in your career. He did hotel restaurant management for a while and did some construction work and worked on the railroad. So I never thought of a career as something you picked and stayed with forever because that wasn't the way my family worked. No, so that's awesome. Yeah, because yeah. especially especially today to instill that into mm-hmm. the next generation of diversity is huge. It's yeah, huge. I don't yeah. think you have to always. And I, I, you know, I think that's one good thing about being a veterinarian. Actually, I don't think, and I certainly will say this: my career has not been like, oh, you pick a job and you stay with it for twenty years. And a lot of people do, and that's great, but that's not common anymore, and that's okay too. So, okay. um, well, why don't we go we'll there? Yeah, come back so, to that. Yeah. So, so are, are you born and raised in Florida? What, what's your history? No, okay. so I actually don't even live in Florida now. It's hard to tell because we're in uh, my office. <laughs> okay, uh, but I work for NABC. I was actually I've been born and raised in Chicago, and I still work outside of Chicago. I've lived in a handful of other places. Um, I lived in Las Vegas. I lived in Arizona. Um, and I've been lucky. I've gotten to travel a lot with work and just um, in my life. But yeah, no, I still, um, I work remotely, which is very different. So I'm in my house right now. This is not an office. <laughs> um, we'll, you know, we'll call it your office because I'm in my, my office. I'm in my office. office. Right <laughs> yeah, it's the commute is a killer. Sometimes the dog lays in the middle of the hallway and yeah, I have to like step over him. It's terrible. Yeah. So no, my life is pretty easy as far as that stuff goes right That's now. Great. So it's yeah. good. Yeah. So it was, um, it was Illinois, right? You, you graduated yeah, from Illinois. Okay. I did. And then, so how did you get involved with the NAVC? How did all this evolve? All this start. So I actually started out in general practice, okay. but I only did it for a year. Um, it just wasn't for me. I admire all of my colleagues so much in general practice who can do that. Um, and then I did ER for about 10 years and I loved it. It was fast paced. It's fun. Um, but it's tiring. And again, I admire all of my colleagues that can stay in ER because I go back down and I do a relief shift. And after one shift, I'm like, I feel like I need a vacation for like a week. So kudos to them for still being able to do that. Um, but for me, um, I was always interested in uh, conferences and I liked conference planning. And, um, 
in school, I got involved in ARAV. So started with their program committee chair for a year, started doing things with them. And it was really good. But, um, you know, never really thought of making a career for it about it um, until their executive director decided to retire. And he'd been with them for like 25 years. So somewhat trepidatiously and reluctantly, I applied. And the group had already decided to hire NABC, but they needed, um, you know, an executive director to work for NABC. So shockingly, they called me and they were like, we think you're good for this job. And I was like, I think you're crazy, but okay, let's do it. <laughs> and so about three and a half years ago, now I started working for NABC and um, serving as the executive director for ARAV. So that's how I transitioned into that role and eventually picked up these other duties um, with NABC, starting as the moderator coordinator for what is now VMAX. So working with the veterinarians that introduce the speakers and start the question and answers. And that was really fun. And surprisingly, I, I guess I did a good job at it because they keep giving me more jobs. So uh, <laughs> so then I picked up a smaller group. I, I started working for Pet Nutrition Alliance last year. And that's been really fun. Um, it's not an area of veterinary medicine I know a lot about. So it's been really fun to work with their experts and learn about a new group. And then I transitioned from being a moderator coordinator at VMX to working in the workshops. So, so sort of gradually over time, things have evolved and this is where I'm at now. So it's been really fun. No, th that's awesome. So just for clarity for our viewing listening yeah. audience, uh, can you, the ARAV, can you, can you, it's, that's the Association of Reptilian, Reptilian and Amphibian Veterinarians. It's a mouthful, but yes. And then so, the Pet Nutrition Alliance, what yeah. is that? Pet Nutrition Alliance is a really cool kind of collaborative group. So it's not a group that, um, it's not a, a membership association. What it is, it's an alliance between multiple nutrition groups like AAVN, um, some professional groups, um, NAVTA, Hills, AVMA, VMAE, and they each have a representative on the board to kind of promote and develop tools for veterinarians and veterinary technicians, their goal is to help educate the veterinary healthcare team on nutrition. And kind of one of their goals is to develop a better, to do the research for us, um, which is really, really important, actually. So veterinary, we don't have time, you know. And again, I only did general practice for a year. I didn't have time. You get a lot of nutrition questions, but... Um, there's so much information out there and some of it's marketing and some of it's research and some of it's hearsay and <laughs> some of it's just crazy. So kind of one of their goals is to sort through all that, do the research for, for you and promote good nutrition, good science-based nutrition and uh, nutrition advice for veterinarians and veterinary technicians to give pet owners. Um, so they're working on a couple of really exciting projects now. Um, and you'll know more this fall. A lot of them are actually kind of, um, not secretive, but you know, until we have more information together, we can't release a lot, but I'm really excited about the projects they're working on because, um, just, a lot of great tools for veterinarians to like, again, be able to make good recommendations and have confidence in their recommendations without having to 
spend their nights and weekends doing nutrition research because we don't have time. Yeah, that, that is awesome, <laughs> so, Dana. That is yeah. that is so awesome. So what right? What we'll do right now is is sure. I, I'm blown away by what you do, by the way. Because <laughs> it's I, a I, lot of things. Oh Sometimes I'm like, what am I going to work on today? Like the one fun thing is like, some days I sit down and I'm like, oh, I don't want to work on that. Oh well, I'll just work on something else. Like there's always. There's so much flexibility, like in my day to day. It's really fun for me. So yeah, that, that's great. And so what we'll do is we'll we'll, we'll take a short break. We'll have a chat between, sure. between the breaks here because there's a lot we need to talk about. Obviously, yes. <laughs> and we'll continue our great discussion with Dr. Dana Varble. You're listening to Your Pet Matters on 1077-1077, thebronc.com. If you own a cat or dog and have a question about your pet's overall health, call Dr. T now at 877-900-1077. Now back to the premier radio show in Mercer County for helpful advice about your pet in this week's edition of Your Pet Matters. Welcome back. And if you're just joining us, my special guest today is Dr. Dana Varble. I'm going to call her the, the Jack-tress of all trades. <laughs> the Jane, sure, the Jane of all trades. Yeah. We'll do that because, because she's had a very career. She's done regular general practice. She's done emergency. And now she's in administrative roles for ARAV. And if you're questioning that, we did another show with her associate, Dr. Nicole yeah. Johnson. So we'll talk about that. That's the um, Association of Reptilian and Amphibian Veterinarians. Good job. I, I've yet to get that wrong. I'm going to knock on yes. wood. Yet to get that wrong. <laughs> and yes. she's also involved with the North America Vet uh, Vet Conference. How, what do we call it? North America Vet. Well, now on ABC is North America. <laughs> See, this is this is why this confusion. We're the the correct. We're actually North American Veterinary Community. Okay. Community. North American yeah. NABC is now North American Veterinary Community. And yes. I just went to the VMX, which nine out of 10 vets I talked to said, hey, did you go to NABC? I mean, VC. VMX. Whatever it is, yeah. yeah. So so let, let's talk about that. Uh, that's the yeah. Veterinary Medical Expo. And the expo veterinary starts meeting with- Meeting and expo. Meeting yes. and expo. See, I don't, even, I don't yes. even have that right. So That's okay. <laughs> no one does yet. <laughs> So, We're going to hold so, on to it, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dana, the big question is why the change? Why wasn't why it? Why from change? NAVC to VMX? So, I mean, actually, and I had, I think, the same reaction all veterinarians have is I was like, why are we changing it? It's so confusing. But there is a lot of good reasons. And the big the big thing is, is NAVC is more than just a meeting in January from now at this point. Um, so over the last, so I've worked there for three and a half years and I literally went from it being North American veterinary conference to North American veterinary community to now VMX. And the reason is, is that NAVC has really branched out and we're involved in a lot more areas of the profession now. So, you know, we're not a, we're not just a conference company actually. Um, so that, that was kind of the big push to change it. Um, and that's because we're, we have such a huge publishing division now with today's veterinary nurse, today's veterinary business, today's veterinary practice are all NABC publications. Um, we have a very large industry services component. 
And those are the folks that are managing associations, um, helping plan meetings for smaller groups. Um, we have NAVC Institute, which is a mid-year intensive learning course. And we've done meetings in Buffalo with NAVC Live. And um, we did NAVC in Portland. And we've done all these other things. And as, as NAVC continues to branch out, we're not just a conference anymore. So it was, how do we rename this? Keep our, keep our identity. Cause we still want to be NAVC, but really kind of start to emphasize that there's a lot more that you can be involved in at NAVC. So that was the kind of the reason for the name change is NAVC isn't just NAVC anymore. So we decided to rebrand the conference this year, um, via Max. And so I know it's, it's hard <laughs> because everyone, you know, I certainly get on the phone with, um, our attendees and some of our older, um, not older, but our experienced instructors. And they're like, I remember when it was Eastern States. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know, but <laughs> you know, we're so much more than just Eastern States Veterinary Association that started a small conference, uh, you know, in Orlando, um, I think almost 30 years ago now. It's it's really grown. Oh, it's and huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we had almost 18,000 people there this year. And even I was like, oh, my goodness. But, you know, as we as we start to branch out and offer other things, too, I think it's important that veterinarians know that if that's overwhelming or if they're looking for something else, um, that NAVC is still there for you. We're still trying to produce things that help veterinarians. Yeah. No, and I think that's great. And I always tell people it's the largest conference I've ever been to. And what I did this year yeah. was I took a couple of my teammates down and they were they were oh, over overwhelmed is, is a great yeah. word, but in a good way. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I, I primed them. I said, listen, I said, conferences are tiring <laughs> anyways, but yeah, you know, don't go nuts, just take <laughs> it in. And they were they were you know, it's not just the free T-shirts. No, <laughs> it, was, it was just everything. And a lot of free pens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think a lot of things about it being big. From so, from my perspective, I get to actually uh, fill my networking can with yeah. everything because everyone I know is there, and it, it's one of those important things from from a networking standpoint. So, if you're if you're a veterinarian and and uh, you want to get those networking aspects in or even a, a veterinary team member uh, it's mm -hmm. a great place to network it's a great place because of its size to have the, the subject matter is phenomenal and and it's overwhelming in a good way so so my suggestion would be just pick certain areas that you want to do because yeah. you will become overwhelmed and you'll and the funniest thing was um andy work being taken in a, a golf cart from one talk to yes. the next that was so hilarious. this is like that's actually like this famous uh like this oh it's going to be the story that in 30 years everyone's still telling who's ever planned this meeting so it was a huge ordeal actually and to try and get Andy Rourke from basically one side of this <laughs> conference campus that's huge, 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 to like the other side in 10 minutes. And if you've ever met uh, Dr. Rourke, he's great, but he loves to talk to people, which is fantastic. And every, he'll talk to anyone. Again, fantastic. But literally the poor guy that we assigned to drive him is just the nicest man ever. His name is Jimmy and he's a relative of some of the staff and he works for us on a temp basis. And he comes every year and he's happy to work and he works so hard. And so he got this special assignment to get Dr. Work from point A to point B. And he was on the radio like, I can't get him to stop talking. <laughs> 
And our, our VP of education was like, just tell him he's gotta go. He's gotta go. <laughs> and so Jimmy like, like begged him to stop talking with attendees, <laughs> pulled him into the golf cart and like zipped him over to the other side and very proudly got him to his next talk with just in the nick of time. Yeah, but he it, did get him there. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm a witness because I was actually at that oh, talk. And, and when Andy came up, he started talking about this. But yeah, no, it, it's, 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 it's ironic because I actually I actually Andy gave me five minutes of his time there. So too, we, we sat we sat, yeah. sat by a, a hotel pool and chatted for a bit yeah. and then. And it's then perfect. we moved on and stuff, but yeah. So yeah, no, he did a great job. So Jimmy, Jimmy, if you're listening, Jimmy, you know, yes. phenomenal job, buddy. Keep I know, work. yeah. Everybody, w- and it took some planning to try and figure that out, but yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing that that will make work. Um, kind of the attitude at VMX and the attitude with our with at NABC is is give us a challenge, and we'll we're going to really get creative and try and make it work. So yeah, the conference is, it is overwhelming. And I remember walking in the first time and I, again, it was when the exhibit hall was split. And I just remember walking in and being like, I don't, Oh, I, I, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to do right now. Um, But yeah, I think that's, I think the advice you gave is great. Um, pick some things and that's definitely one of our goals this year is to try and get some planning tools out to veterinarians because I know there are like get the calendar out earlier and get the you know get those that the app out earlier because there's a great calendar feature on the app that can help you the the app was great yeah the app was phenomenal and the reminders everything like that I think the use of technology is phenomenal um, it makes yeah. it a lot easier, yeah. Yeah, and so it's one of those things that I think you really have to. So to me, VMX is one of those things that you plan on yearly, anyways. Um, yeah, it's it it can be a family trip. I always make it as a mm-hmm. family trip as well. So uh, my my family gets to enjoy Disney World while Good. I'm enjoying network. It's funny because we, we both get our thrills <laughs> in a different good. way. In a different way, but very um, good. Yeah. No, that's good to hear. <laughs> it's really good that way. But yeah, the planning tools are great. But my my advice for attendees is just. You kind of take it in. If you're a first timer, you're gonna go. You're gonna be like a, a person at Disney World. I, yes. Disney World, you're just you just go run around and you're yeah, yeah. you're overwhelmed. But, but yeah, yeah. So but much take fun. your time and always assume that that your plan is never going to. I know many veterinarians are planners and they're type we A list, but it's not gonna happen that way. Just just go. Okay, I got top three things I want to do here. Live yeah. them, enjoy, enjoy the the social aspects of it. It's phenomenal outside of the learning curve uh, periods, and just plan on going back the next year to catch up on something else. But from a networking standpoint, I think it's phenomenal, and from a learning standpoint, there's nothing that they don't have there. And just yeah. for the last couple minutes, Dana, why don't we talk yeah. about the hands-on? You're involved in the hands-on workshops as well. I think yeah. that you know, uh, from a veterinary perspective, you look at the the cost. So are are these veterinarians yeah. get what they pay for, and is it really worth it? This question. Well, and that that's a great question because, yeah, I mean, I look at the cost and I'm like, oh, gosh, by the time you pay for the conference, how – I mean, I'm always surprised. Like, where do the budgets come from? But to be honest, the feedback we get from the folks that take those workshops is it's worth every penny. We really try and leverage donations and sponsorships to keep the costs as reasonably – you know, as reasonable as we can. Um, and that's always been the goal with the workshops is not, you know, we're not trying to, it's just, it's trying to really share a good experience, um, at our, at our, as reasonable cost as they can be placed at. But yeah, we just bring in instructors that just love that. They just love it. And I walk into those things and the instructors are having 
so much fun and they come back all the time. And honestly, it's, it's great from my perspective. Cause I have, I have so many instructors who are like, please, can I teach more or can I do something different? And there's no shortage of instructors for those. Cause they literally love it. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're four or eight hours. Um, and I, you know, some people get worried. They're like, Oh my God, that takes away a whole day. And yeah, no, don't worry about it. Cause it, you just get so much out of it. And you know, there's small groups and there's lots of instructors. We keep the instructor to attendee ratio relatively low. Um, and so you get a lot of time, but you also get the, the really cool experience, um, is with a lot of the workshops, you get to try different equipment. Um, you get to try different things that you, you know, in your practice, you're not going to bring in a new dental machine for the day. You just, I mean, it's not going to happen. You can't try different ultrasounds. Um, you know, if you're going to purchase something like that, it's fun to go and try different things, but I also think it's a great chance to try something you don't think you can do. Um, you know, you don't think you can do endoscopy. Yeah, I think you can. I think you can. And don't be afraid to try something that you think is a little outside your comfort zone because those workshops, people leave there going, no, I, I can go. I can I'm going to right? go. Yeah. I can do yep. this. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very manageable. So I think that's the big kind of the big value point in those is if you're like, gosh, I really want to try this procedure that I just don't feel like I quite have the comfort level for, take a workshop and I can almost guarantee you're going to leave going, you don't know, am I an expert after eight hours? No, but you can leave feeling pretty good that you can, you can do some things. So it's a great experience. So with that, we'll leave, we'll leave it. That's a great way to, to end this segment. So, so what we'll do is we'll take a short break and then afterwards we'll talk Again, we'll switch gears because this is, like I said, this is the Jane of all trades we're talking to. Absolutely. (laughs) You're listening to Your Pet Matters on 1077, 1077, A healthy pet makes for a happy home. Let's try to make your pet's home the happiest out there. Welcome back to Your Pet Matters with Dr. Michael Takiwa of the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blauenberg. Listen to Your Pet Matters online at 1077thebronc.com or via your smartphone. Search and download WRRC1 in either Google Play or the Apple iTunes Store. This is Your Pet Matters. I'm your host, Michael Dr. T. Tequila, and I'm having a great discussion. We just, we, I, well, I learned <laughs> why the North American oh, Pet Conference became the VMX, and that that is, that is phenomenal. And we talked about hands-on learning and everything like that. So my special guest is Dr. Dana Varble, and she's also involved in ARAV, ARAV which is the Association Good. of Reptilian and Amphibian Veterinarians. And um, I had I had the pleasure of speaking to the president. Um, that's in an upcoming yeah. show, and you'll see videos about that. But but it's important because I think that right now, as a practicing veterinarian in a practicing practicing a practicing veterinarian right Both? now, yeah. my, my skills in reptiles and amphibians, honestly, people is. Um, and so <laughs> we tend to, you know, we tend to say, uh, I don't know. And we tend yeah. to actually, I, I'll be frank, I turf them to the specialty center where there's a exotic specialist there. And so I think that there, there's a lot of interest. Young vets have yeah. a lot of interest in this, but I think there's a lot of trepidation. So, so Dana, sure. you've been doing this for a while. So what, what's your advice and your experience in this? Well, you know, I do think, you know, 
reptiles and amphibians especially um, start to fall into this this weird category where you feel like they're so different or you need special equipment. And to some degree you do, but I do think it's, I, and what I see on, you know, vet groups on Facebook and in VIN and in other groups is that, you know, a lot of people, you just, they walk in the door. Um, you didn't, they didn't call, somebody didn't ask and you have something walk in the door and you're just like, ah, what do I mean? I don't, I don't even know what to do. And yeah, you try and get them to specialists or you try and get them to other groups, but you know, um, what do you do when, when you don't have a choice? And I think that's where groups like ARAV can really help because, you know, there are certain, you know, good medicine is good medicine. And I remember somebody telling me that when I was a student, um, you know, stop worrying about, you know, the leopard gecko being only weighing 27 grams and, you know, what you're going to do with it. If you'd recommend diagnostics in a dog and cat, recommend them in a leopard gecko. And, you know, and you start going, okay. And, but you need to figure those things out. And it's actually, again, good medicine is good medicine. Triage is still triage. Um, so I think, it's not as scary as some people make it out to be, <laughs> first of all. But um, I also think we you don't lose your, again, your your good medicine. And it's the same good medicine that you'd practice for any species. So, um, you know, we're all about promoting, you know, smaller CE opportunities and sponsoring smaller conferences and small CE groups to just get people's foot in the door. We realize that a lot of regular vets can't come to a five-day conference just on exotic pets. Um, but there's a lot of opportunities out there and, and on VIN and, you know, again, local conferences that some that we sponsor, some that, that are, are different. And um, there's just a lot of, of basic stuff out there that I think would help a lot of people, actually. Well, so, something that Nicole said that I thought was really cool is you, you guys aren't a huge membership. You're less than a thousand yeah. strong worldwide, but it is right worldwide. And yeah, she felt it's, it's like a camaraderie. It's like a, it's like a, a little group of people that you could just reach out to someone that you know and, and because of that familiarity and camaraderie you guys can just you can go to a different country call someone up who's a member and just feel yeah. like you'll you'll be taken care of and i i think that that's important from a i guess these young practicing vets if they want to just give you guys a call or someone who is involved in that i i'm sure you guys based on based on the people i've met in the in organization you guys would be more than willing to yeah, no, you know, it's really, it is pretty cool to have a bearded dragon question and call up the vet in Australia for a bearded dragon question yeah, and yeah. be like, so what do they do in the wild there? And they've got all sorts, of, you know, it's very different. Um, but it is a really cool community because, you know, you think a thousand people, but actually for a veterinary association, it's rel that's a relatively small community. And we have you know, we have a strong membership in the sense that most people are members year after year and have been members for 10, 15, 20 years. And it's really, really interesting. And I joined as a student. Um, Nicole did as well. And I think what made us stick around is this sense of, you know, kind of the, the leaders in the industry were talking with students, like they, they're, they're talking with students. They weren't intimidating to go yeah, up to because yeah. they were walking up to students. <laughs> And I, I was intimidated, but they, they made it very much like, oh, I'm, you know, talking to this person that's written three books and is published all over the place. And that's still happening. And I'm really happy to see that happening at our conferences to see, you know, the leaders in our group 
are like, can I, can I go to the student reception? And I'm like, yeah, 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 you can. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. And I'll be honest. All they want is the free pizza, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's it's a fun group. They're, they're uh, like I said, it's just, it's fun for the leaders in the industry to be approachable and accessible. And that makes it. Uh, a really tight knit community. So well, it's funny because that's where I met you. I met you at Sarah, yeah. right? And so yes. it's it so interesting. And and well, me being me, I didn't really realize there was a group like that. And it was it was yeah. so funny. But yeah, it, it's it, it's great. And and you know, I talked to Nicole, and she said you guys are heading over to Romania very we shortly. Are yeah. So about thirty percent of AAV membership is um, outside the U.S. Um, which is a, a fairly large percentage. Um, and I believe the last count I got was 36 countries um, wow. are represented. Yeah, I mean, so there's some countries where we just have one or two members, but it's it's been great. Um, we have supported um, international conferences from the Eye Care Conference in Europe, which is a exotic pet conference. We've done conferences in Australia, and we're excited. Yeah, this is our first year in Romania. Imagine that. Um, you know, we're excited to try new areas. But yeah, the Romania conference should be great. It's the Transylvania, and I'm going to get the, the the initials wrong, but the Transylvania Zoo Exotic and Wildlife International Congress. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, and we're excited because it seems um, it's it's based on a, a junior vet or a student kind of program that they have over there. And so they've done some great work keeping the costs down um, in an area of the world where costs are a major concern. So um, we're really excited to go over there and meet people and hang out with the students. And some of our prominent members are instructors. So they brought it to our attention and we're, we're all in. It's not going to be a huge conference, but you know, we were talking about VMX earlier with 18,000. I think they're expecting 250. Yeah, but it's so intimate. it'll be great. It is. Yeah. It's going to be no. really, really fun. Yeah. We're really excited to, to go. No, that, that, that's, so. that's great. And the, the other thing that Nicole talked about that I thought was really cool is, you know, unlike small animal medicine where we're dogs and cats, other than the breed preferences per country, Basically, the medicine's the same as when mm -hmm. you're dealing with ARAV. It's completely different. Just like you used Australia was bearded yeah. dragons are very, very popular pets here in North America. Yes. But in Australia, the, the, because they're oh, part of the natural. Around your backyard. Right, right? Yeah. It's like, I don't want that as a pet. You know, it's, no. I think that is really, I think that uniqueness, again, makes ARAV a, a very unique uh uh, it is. It's really fun. And and like I said, you know, with 30% international, um, I've gotten the opportunity to go to so many international conferences. And I didn't really think much of it at first. And then I realized that they counted towards my CE. And I was like, yes, That's why great. don't more people do this? Right. This is so much fun. Um, and, and there, yes, there are some differences. There are some you know, drugs and other things that are available in, in Europe and Australia and other places. But actually, kind of one of the cool things was um, all of our colleagues in Australia and Europe were talking about this new anesthetic, and they were talking about Alfaxalone. So I, I know it's not super popular in small animal medicine, but it has exploded in exotics because our colleagues were talking about it for like two years. Oh, and we were neat. all excited to get our hands on it, and so then it came to the States, and we were... We were real, like I said, it was just like, oh, I know what this is. This is cool. And it's fun to kind of see how um, things progress. But the, the reverse has happened too. We've had 
um, things become available in the U S and they're like, how do I get my hands on this in Germany? And, um, it's just, it's really fun to see things kind of move across the world. No, and that's great. And what we'll do is we'll take another short break. This, you know, when you have great conversations, they go very fast. So we'll take <laughs> another short break and then we'll, again, we'll switch gears. You're listening Yay. to Your Pet Matters on 1077, 1077thebronc.com. If you own a cat or dog and have a question about your pet's overall health, call Dr. T now at 877-900-1077. Now back to the premier radio show in Mercer County for helpful advice about your pet in this week's edition of Your Pet Matters. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, my special guest is Dr. Dana Barbel. She has done everything, general practice, emergency. Um, during the break, she told me she did. She manned the ASPC pet poison hotline. Uh, she works for NAVC and VMX, and uh, and she's a member, or a prominent member of ARAV. So she's everywhere, and she's traveling everywhere in the world. Um, yeah. but, but because of her varied experiences, what experiences? One thing I wanted to talk to her about was, you know, a lot of the the, the talk in our social media and our vet circles right now is wellness is it's you know clinical burnout it's personal burnout and work-life balance and i think there's there's nothing there's no one better than to because of your married experience to talk about that you just change jobs every two years <laughs> yeah. well you mentioned yeah. that and and, and the yeah. first thought that went through my mind was you go i every time i do uh, a little emergency uh you know uh shift i feel like yeah. i have to but but it's different though, knowing that yeah. you're only doing that one shift, right? It's not oh, like completely. this is completely. Yeah. So I, I still do um, a very little bit of relief work. Um, I work a half day um, pretty regularly at a local exotics clinic, um, okay. um, Chicago Exotics Animal Hospital. And that's, you know, kind of. And it's funny because I really thought about not continuing that. And then I went to work one day. And I just had like the best clients and I was like, I can't quit. <laughs> I can't quit this um, because that, those are the good days, right? Those are the ones that keep us going. And those are the ones that make us feel like, oh, everything I do and everything I put up with is worthwhile. So I still have those days. But yeah, I occasionally will pick up a relief shift at a local ER um, that I worked with um, before I took my administrative job now at NABC. And yeah, their shifts are 12 hours. And at the end of it, I'm like, I feel like I need a vacation. Like it's exhausting. And I used to do it all the time. So like you were saying, I've done a bunch of things. I've definitely been burnt out and recovered and then got burnt out again and recovered and got burnt out. <laughs> you know, I feel like a lot of us go through this cycle too, where we kind of rescue ourselves, but then we forget why we had had to do that. And and then you go back and you don't feel as good and you kind of, again, it kind of gets to be a vicious cycle. Um, but yeah, it's, it is really interesting and it's really hard. But I think one of the things that I've taken away from my career is um, if you're not happy, if things are hard, there's so many more avenues to look at. Um, don't feel restricted. And there's some great groups on Facebook that are developing now for job postings in other industries. Um, and it's cool now because now that I work for NABC, I meet vets who do some really interesting things. Um, and you start to realize there are a lot more opportunities out there than I think most of us even realize. Um, I think when you mention industry, everyone's like, oh, I don't want to work for a 
pharmaceutical company. Well, one, I've met people who really made that into an awesome job. And I don't think it's everything that um, sometimes we think it is. I think we think it's a sales job, but actually a lot of them are in, have great educational uh, positions and really fun things. And I also think some people think, oh, I'm going to have to travel every week. And I do because I love it. But, um, you know, I don't think that's the case for some vets, Sam. And I've certainly uh, gotten the opportunity to talk to some people who transitioned to the USDA and have had like these really cool international experiences with the USDA. Um, people who work for, you know, pet stores and pet food companies, and they just have really interesting jobs because it's not everything you think it is. I will say that. And so, so, so how, how would you, what, so what advice would you give a young student who's thinking of entering the profession because because they're told about they're 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 probably inundated with burnout they're inundated with student debt talks and everything like that so what would you know you've had so many experiences what would you say to do just keep your keep your options open keep everything yeah keep keep an open mind because i think a lot of us come out of school with this very um cemented idea of what we're going to do um you know, I want to do this. I want to do work in this area of medicine. I, I don't want to do that. And I, I think what happens is then you hit this point of burnout and you, this is what happened to me. At least I think I kind of forgot that there were other avenues. I was like, well, I'm good at this. Yeah, I am good at this. I had a lot of practice. I did ER for 10 years. I, you know, it became very, um, I don't know that ER is ever easy, but, but it became like I could go into a room and I, you know, had ideas and I could, I didn't have to always put, you know, a hundred percent of my brain behind something. And I thought I could just keep doing it. But the problem was, is that the other parts of my life were affected by it, you know, your social life and your family and your own pets. And I think what I, what I was failing to see is that, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't put in applications at other jobs as soon as I should have <laughs> because I think I just thought, oh, I'll, I won't be good at them or it'll be too hard to relearn things. And it's really interesting because right now when I tell people what I do, I joke that I'm like Chandler on Friends because my friends don't really know what I do. <laughs> um, no, I tell them what I do and they're like, so you're a vet? <laughs> you don't work on animals. I'm like, well, not really, no. And they're like, and you travel to conferences and you plan some of them. Okay. And they just, you get this, especially from lay people, you get this moment where they just are like, oh, I don't, I, you, you can see that look in their eyes. I don't get it. I don't, I'm not processing this because it is such an unusual job. But again, I've certainly talk to some industry vets, especially over the last three years where I've been like, I'm not sure I get it, but okay, cool. Like yeah. it's just so different. And, um, you know, I, I don't think even, um, I've, I've known people who've switched from, um, equine or large animal to small animal and small animal. And all of a sudden decided they wanted to do large animal, like 20 years into their career and, or people that went back to residency. Um, and I always thought I had the idea, I think, that at some point, if you don't do an internship and you don't do a residency right out of school, you're never going to do it and it's never going to happen for you. And that's not really the case. You know, there's some people who are like, you know, I did GP for 10 years and it was great, but 
I, I want to try something different and I'm going to take a risk. And I think that's part of it too, is I think we get a little risk averse. We don't want to break out of our mold. We don't want to do anything too scary. And, um, you know, I think the thing is, is take, take, take the step off that cliff because you're going to find that there's a lot at the, at the bottom of that, at the bottom of that well that you didn't realize. So it's, it's so funny because listening <laughs> to you through this whole interview, I'm thinking of you actually have an entrepreneurial spirit because first of all, you yeah, have to be so. you have to willing to change. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's something that many vets are, are averse to averse is change. To, yeah. And think about it. NAVC became VMX people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you change. We're all about change. Right? Yeah. And and with that change, you have to take that leap. So every young business person that always comes to me for advice, I said, the, the hardest part is taking that step. And once you take that, that first step, step, boom, everything opens up for you. So take that first step um, and just go for it. And, and you're kind yeah. of doing what you what you want to do rather than what you feel you have to do. And I mm-hmm. think that that these are these are you know you've created really good life lessons here, Dana. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> don't tell my friends and family that. They'll be like, oh, she's gonna get it into her head. You know, I think sometimes though we you think of those leaps as irresponsible, like oh, I'm taking too big of a chance. But I don't think they. I mean, that's just it. Is is they they really aren't. And changing your career mid, you know, what you think of as midstream. Um, is, is very normal in other industries. And, you know, I just think we have to kind of get out, out of this rut of, I picked this career. I'm going to stick with it no matter what. It's not quitting and it's not a failure to change, to change your job. It's just, it's a change different. Yeah. Yeah. It's just different. And I love change. (laughs) And I realize that's the opposite of most people. I mean, not to say we, I don't have the normal human reaction of, you know, some reluctance, some fear, some, oh, you know, that uncertainty that, that sits in the pit of everyone's stomach. But at the same time, I think I've really learned to just like, you know, why not? Let's try something crazy. Let's do something really different. And sometimes I pull a lot of people through that path with me. And I think some of them are grateful and some of them are like, why is she doing this again? Oh, she changed everything. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. By the way, you know how we've been doing that? <laughs> We're not I'm going to do it way. completely different again. No, so, I, I get it. And I think, no, it just, it just, it keeps life exciting. It does. That's what it does. Yeah, sometimes too exciting. Sometimes yeah. you're like, eh, it'd be nice to not have 20 things going. But at the same time, um, you know, I think that's how we as a profession survive is take a look at these there's some models and some things that just don't work um and they never really did but we put up with them and you know on-call schedules and long hours and certain behaviors and just and it's time to it's time to take that step and see what else there's other ways to do what we do well um and maybe even better and keep people in the profession for longer. So that's, I think what we need to kind of do. And that I I recently heard someone say, don't say work-life balance. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Don't say work-life balance. He said, say work-life blend. Cool. Because when, yeah. And it was, and I'm trying and I'm not, I'm going to misquote who it is, but it was, I believe it was the founder of um, life is good, that company. Okay, yeah. So I'll give yeah. him credit because, yeah. but it, I was like, work that really blend. resonates with me because why is work bad? 
why is that a bad thing? Right. And why is life a good thing? And a lot Work of that's looking at work a bad is bad. Thing. Yeah. yeah. A lot of that's work dread should going be a good, I, and I, I've done that. I've literally, you know, there's stories online and I've been with those people who sat in the parking lot going, if I just started the car and turned around, what yeah. would happen? Yeah, no. And that's, that's a hard way to live. No one yeah. can, it's not sustainable. It's right. not sustainable. So, you know, find a job that no job is ever going to be great a hundred percent of nope. days. But walk away from those and go back and be like, all right, I can't quit <laughs> because this is a good day. So, and that's, it's not an easy thing to achieve. I will say that. But it's a so, good thing to achieve. And, and, and with that, you've made, you've made my day great. I, I had good. a great interview, Dana. I really appreciate Wonderful. it. Um, have a safe, great time in Romania. Thank you so much. I'm I kept really on thinking of the Harry Potter dragons. If you meet those Harry Potter dragons, just be careful with that. <laughs> Well, and again, Reptile Amphibian Vets, we're kind of excited about the idea of dragons being real. I'm not going to lie. Like, someone's like, gosh, if dragon medicine was a thing, I'm like, oh, my God. So cool. <laughs> so cool. Well, have a great time. And thanks Thank so much you. for being on the show, Dana. And remember, oh. everybody, love your pet like they love you unconditionally. Have a great day. Thank you for seeing our doctor this morning. You have been listening to Your Pet Matters, the number one pet health care show in Mercer County. Your follow-up appointment is next Saturday at 10 a.m. Tune in to hear Dr. Michael Tequiwa of the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blauenberg, along with his expert guests as they share their knowledge and experiences to help your pet live a long, happy, and healthy life. Want to catch up on Dr. T's advice? Click on the Your Pet Matters page at 1077thebronc.com. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by the pet wellness professionals of the Animal Hospital at Kingston and Blauenberg. Small hospital, big medicine. For more information, it's BarkMeOutVets.com or like the Animal Hospital of Kingston and Blauenberg on Facebook. Tune in next week at 10 for another edition of Your Pet Matters exclusively on 107.7 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com.